Welcome, welcome, and welcome, ladies and gentlemen. It is I, yes, I, Rob Zakari, have returned. We probably should have waited another uh, day, because um, we're still kind of uh, in flux here. We're, we're still in flux. We're, we're still uh, preparing and uh, getting things set for the new year. But I said, we got to go on. We were supposed to go on yesterday. We got to go on. Let's just cover a couple topics. Things are going to get a little old. Things are going to get a little late. And we're going to get behind. So let's just, just, just we'll go on for a bit. And everybody said, okay, you want to do it? Let's do it. So we did it. So here we are. We are live. Don't forget, uh, we're on Spreaker. Check us out. We're on uh, Blog Talk. Check us out. We're on iTunes. Check us out. All right. Breaking news. And this is, you know, when they say uh, celebrities go in uh, threes, uh, this is a little extreme. Debbie Reynolds has died. Carrie Fisher's mom has died. A day after Carrie Fisher dies, the mom dies. Is that just trippy as just trippy can be? Is that just trippy or what? Carrie Fisher dies, the mom dies 18 hours later. Man, you hear that when a husband and wife, um, either one dies first, and they've been married for years. The other one sometimes goes the next day, sometimes goes the next week, sometimes goes the next month. But we've heard of that before. I've never heard of the mom going 15 hours after the daughter. Now, this happened, well, the Debbie Reynolds death just happened, but the Carrie Fisher uh Death happened while we were on vacation. A lot of things happened when we were on vacation. But that's the big breaking news. I've seen it come up before we were going to show. We were discussing, are we going to do the show? We talked yesterday about doing the show. Are we still going to do it? Should we do it for a little bit? We're still trying to make changes to uh, the studio before the new year we're trying to ah, let's do it and then it came through Debbie Reynolds dead whoa alright so let's talk about Israel let's talk about Hollywood let's talk about Democrats let's talk about Obama let's talk about Trump now when we left last week this resolution, this, um, how do you say it? Everyone hates Jews resolution. Because that's like all we've been hearing for the last four days is the Jews are bad, the, 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 the settlements are bad, they're horrible. They're evil. Everybody kind of sweeps the whole Hamas thing under the rug. Like Palestinians are these peace-loving beatniks from the 60s or something. You realize Hamas is a terrorist group. Hamas controls Gaza. I mean, let's face it. Hamas basically controls uh, what is Palestine. I mean, if you really want to be technical, it's not just Gaza. Nothing gets done in that territory without Hamas saying so. Okay? 
And nobody really talked about it today, yesterday, day before. John Kerry's speech today, I did not hear Hamas. Yeah, I heard a little of, gotta condemn the violence. There's a terrorist side. But I heard more bashing Israel than I did on Hamas. Like I said, it's 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 weird. In the past eight years, how the media have been directed by this administration to act as if in the Arab world there's like a few bad apples. Just just a few. Like 99.9% of the Palestinians are peace-loving people. And it's this 1% that's Hamas and terrorists. And that's complete BS. Because if Hamas was the minority, if Hamas was this teeny tiny sliver amongst the Palestinian people, there would be peace. There would be deals made. There wouldn't be seven, eight, nine-year-old kids, 13-year-old kids, Stabbing Jews in the middle of the night. Rather, they sneak into their bedrooms. Or just randomly walking down the street. If there's a teeny tiny fraction... Amongst 99% of great, peace-loving people, you wouldn't have what you have today. And it's the same thing when you're talking about ISIS, as it pertains to Saudi Arabia, as it pertains to Pakistan, as it pertains to Uh, Somali refugees, constantly hearing this teeny, tiny, little sliver of bad Muslims that make up terrorism, that make up terrorists. But the 99.9% are all peace-loving Muslims. Followers of the peace-loving religion of Islam. And that's just not the case. It's just not the case. If the religion and the people as a whole were this peace-loving group, you would not have the world overrun with terrorism. It would be easy to root out that evil. It's just a few rotten apples. It's easy to take those apples out of the barrel. So last week, you had this anti-Jew, anti-Israeli resolution. 
Egypt put it forth. And Israel reached out to Trump and said, can you do something? Can you say something? Anything. And the Trump team reached out to Egypt. And Egypt pulled the resolution off the table. That's where we left. And when we left the air, we even said, who knows if this is going to be for five hours? Who knows if this is going to be 10 hours? Who knows if it's going to be a day? Who knows if it's going to be a week? We don't know. We don't know. But 24 hours later, the resolution comes up again. The United States doesn't veto it. And it passes. Now, however you feel about Israel, however you feel about the settlement, however you feel about Hamas, Put all that aside for just one second. Obama has been president for almost eight years now. He literally has three weeks. What, three weeks and a couple days left? It is unprecedented. Unprecedented. Like I said, put aside how you feel about this issue. And put aside other administrations have been in favor of different resolutions that condemned certain settlements. Put that aside. It's unprecedented for a president who is leaving office to do what this president did, what this administration has done. It's unprecedented for a secretary of state to do what John Kerry did today with three weeks. Three weeks left to go in up. Unprecedented. Unprecedented. I mean, it's mind-boggling. It, it really is. And you have to go back eight years... You have to go back six years. You got to go back five years when people would question Obama's heritage. Is he a Muslim? Forget the born in Kenya. Forget all that. Just, is he a Muslim? Does he have some type of roots to the Arab world? Regardless if he's a Christian and was brought up in the church of Reverend Wright, whatever. But his heart, what's in his was raised. From a teeny tiny little boy living in Indonesia. Is there some type of connection to Islam and the Muslim world? A year from now, two years from now, three years from now. Because we know Obama's not going away. He's going to do another unprecedented thing, which is 
stay in Washington and chime in. Literally chime in. When he feels something is a little out of whack. I kid you not. He said that. He's going to write a book about his time in office. Now that he's stepping back and able to reflect, he's going to write a book. But if something should come up that he feels passionate about, he's going to interject. Unprecedented. Never been done before. So here we are, and you have to question the Islam Muslim roots because to get into this type of controversy with Israel and the Palestinians. And UN resolutions. Three weeks? Three weeks! If this was three years ago, okay. All right. Can have the debate. This was two years ago. Okay. Got two years left in your presidency. You want to try to accomplish something. You want to try to accomplish something as it pertains to outside of the United States. You failed in Syria. Failed in Libya. Failed with Russia. Failed in Iraq. Failed in Afghanistan, failed in Pakistan. I mean, there's been a list being circulated throughout the week of all of Obama's foreign policy failures. And it's great watching CNN and MSNBC, ABC, the media. Okay, the media as a whole try to sugarcoat, try to pretend that being a president is only about a good stock market and manipulating unemployment numbers. To make unemployment say 4.7 or 4.8. Because aside from those two things. There's not one success. That you can look to Obama as accomplishing. Liberals love to talk about Obamacare. 20 million people are covered that wouldn't have been covered. Okay, but what about the countless, and we're talking millions, millions of people whose premiums have gone up 10, 20, 30%. Or people like me, that have been paying $200 a doctor trip, $400 a doctor trip, $1,000 a doctor trip, because I haven't been able to buy insurance. Because when my girlfriend got pregnant, 
And we said, all right, we got to get insurance. Going to have a baby. We're going to uh, do things that you would need insurance for. Going to have a kid. You're going to plan a family. All right, I want to buy insurance. Oh, you can't. Why? Because there's not, um, you know, open enrollment. I don't want Obamacare. I make too much money. Doesn't matter. There's only certain times where you can buy insurance, regardless if it's Obamacare or not. What? So I've gone six months. Gone six months without insurance. Kicks in January 1st. And I'm buying it. There is no subsidy. There is no, oh, you only make 30000 a year. Here's a tax credit. It's $290 a month. Pay it. Go to whatever doctor you want. You want some dental? It's another $25. Don't have dental. Catherine's like, you got to get dental. God had dental for me and the baby. It's like, ah, all right. So I had to go back in and get the dental. But I'm digressing. There's not one thing. It's not one thing. And when liberals say Obama's legacy in the next few years, people are going to really look They're going to really look and say, wow, this president was great. He had no scandals. Imagine that that's the liberals definition of a good presidency. A, not going to war with a country that did not attack us. And B, getting sucked off in the Oval Office by someone that's not your wife and having Secret Service clean up after you've ejaculated all over the place. Like, like that's the definition. Well, hey, Obama wasn't ejaculating everywhere. It's a great presidency. Hey, he didn't go to war with anybody. In this aspect... It would have been nice if the guy was a hawk because we wouldn't be going what we're going through now with ISIS. That's their definition. Well, it's been relatively scandal-free. We're going to look back on his presidency. Hey, how did Obama do? Oh, he did great. He didn't get sucked off in the White House. Oh, hmm. Other, what else? Well, we we weren't in an unnecessary war. Huh. Okay. Well, okay. What about? Well, stock market was good. Okay. And unemployment. Yeah. Okay. But more people are on food stamps. More people are looking for work. But okay. Put that aside. We'll go with your unemployment number. So that's it. That's what you got. Not getting sucked off, strange in the White House, and ejaculating on carpets. On basically, Trump doesn't have to change carpet. That 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 that's the plus. When Bush came into the White House, they had to <laughs> they couldn't even steam clean. All right, and you guys, I'm not saying all of you guys, but. Some of you know what ejaculate looks like when it gets on a carpet. You could tell ejaculate was on the carpet. So the Oval Office, there must have been ejaculate stains all over the rugs. That's why liberals are like, hey, there's no scandals. What they're saying is there was no ejaculates all over the carpets. When you sat down in a couch or a chair, 
Nobody gave you that look of like, oh, no, don't sit there. Don't, don't sit there. I heard that's a special spot. They have to keep flipping the cushion. The other side is like sitting on glass because it's nothing but dried ejaculate. So that's it. The president's scandal-free. Very successful. So like I said, I go back to the beginning of Obama's term, or even when he was running. Is he a Muslim? Is there some type of love affair with Islam? Because you don't do what he did three weeks before you get out of office if you didn't want to stick it to the Jews. If you didn't want to stick it to the Jews, if you didn't want to say to Benjamin Netanyahu, hey, F you. Wouldn't have done what he did. It's three weeks. It's three weeks. It's like being up by a touchdown or being up by a field goal. And there's like a minute and a half left in the game. And you just got to run one running play. That's it. You just got to run one running play. And then after that, you can kneel down and run the clock out. And instead of running a running play, you throw the ball. And the guy either drops it, which stops the clock, or... You throw an interception, and people go, why didn't you just run the ball? Why why didn't you run the clock out? Why would you do what you did? And that's what Obama did. Three weeks left. You run the clock out. You do exactly, aside from what he did, as far as... Israel, you go on, what, Kimmel, you, you, you go on Trevor Noah, you, you go on all the talk shows, whoever, all of your liberal buddies that protected you for eight years, you go on those shows, you do podcasts, where you say, I would have beaten Trump, uh, yeah, I would have beaten him, ha, ha, how would you have beaten them? How would you have beaten Trump? Every single one of those battleground states you went to. You went to those states. You went to Michigan. You went to Pennsylvania. You went to Ohio. You went to all those states. Joe Biden went to those states. What are, you, what are you talking about? You would have beaten them. But that's what a president is supposed to do. Not say you would have beaten the guy that's in office or coming in office. And I love how when Trump responds, the media gets mad at Trump. Nobody got mad at Obama and was like, hey, you know what, that was kind of tacky and kind of stupid. It's kind of like saying, who'd have won? Mike Tyson or Rocky Marciano? Well, Rocky Marciano. It's like, Obama can't run a third. Like, it, it just... The hypothetical is just ridiculous. It's just a ridiculous hypothetical. I would have won a third term. What are you, third term? 
But aside from that, he's supposed to be doing talk shows. Supposed to be playing golf. He's supposed to be running out the clock. Not creating a just an enormous and and I mean an enormous dust up between Israel and the Palestinians. And again, the media is not outraged. They should be. There should be scathing. And I mean, sca- like, scathing. Washington Post, New York Times. Daily Beast. Should be scathing pieces. Like scathing. Like pieces they do on Trump. There should be scathing pieces. You just don't do what Obama did. Everybody loves to sit there and say, well, Trump, he should be taking a, a, a press conference. What he's doing is unprecedented, and he's breaking tradition. How could he do this? I, outraged. Outraged. The media's outraged because Trump's not doing a press conference, because Trump is tweeting. These are all things that presidents haven't done in the past or don't do and I, the list goes on and on but not one person is outraged that with three weeks to go Obama would do a foreign policy issue of this magnitude and John Kerry would come out and give this scathing scathing Speech against Israel. Why? (laughs) Why? Watch CNN, whether it's Don Lemon or uh, Shabuto, whatever his name, all of them. They're approaching it very, well, why why does Israel have to have uh, settlements? Why, Why? Just... Uh, you know people don't like you to say Hollywood is controlled by Jews people don't like you to say that oh that's anti-semitic how could you say that but it's not anti-semitic It's the truth. And there's been numerous articles written about this. And I'm not talking about some uh, neo-Nazi, you know, uh, alt-right website. I'm not talking about that. There's literally been articles by prominent Jewish Americans some tongue in cheek others very serious outlining Hollywood who controls it who are the players their heritage So it's not a secret. We talked about this last week. When Trump had to come in and push the administration back. 
and have Egypt withdraw the resolution. We talked about Hollywood and this utter hatred they have for Trump and Republicans. Hatred. And yet, Democrats have been so anti-Israel that it boggles my mind how the Hollywood elites, and not all of them, I should say the majority of Democrats, but people like Chuck Schumer, Democrat, Jew, have been very vocal for their support of Israel. Chuck Schumer was against the Iran nuclear deal. So when I say all Democrats should put in the exceptions like Schumer. But if you're a Jew, okay, and you're somebody that is a proud and passionate Jew, I mean, I got a couple friends that are Jews that are just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, there's that. But then I have some friends. That are hardcore. Like hardcore. And yet. They're Democrats. Boggles my mind. And the only explanation. uh, My one. uh, Jewish friend gives me. Is that. There's a difference between Israeli Jews and American Jews. And I go, what the hell does that mean? He goes, exactly what it means. They are Israeli Jews. I am an American Jew. And I go, again, I don't know what that means. And he goes, well, you're Christian, right? You're, you're, you're Catholic. But you're not a hardcore Catholic. You, you have no problem with premarital sex. And I go, so what you're saying is Israelis are more hardcore They practice their faith and believe in their faith. And you are basically a Jew in name. And he goes, "Eh, all the Jews like that are all Hollywood Jews like that. I don't know. But it seems like they are. When they condemn Trump and they condemn Republicans. And they rah, 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 rah. For the Democrats, for Hillary Clinton, for Obama. And then with three weeks left, and this isn't the first time. But just take three weeks left and the Obama administration doesn't just slap Israel in the face. They literally kick Israel in their balls and then smear their faces with dog feces. 
I just don't get it. I, I, I don't. So when I see the media being as complacent as they are, again, it's, it's mind-boggling. It really is mind-boggling. Now, I know, again, years and years and years and years and years ago, it was a very taboo thing to say, Jews control Hollywood. And when someone said that, the anti-Semitic terms would come out. Because people would go back to the early days of Hollywood and that term meant propaganda. And Jews would always get accused of promoting their agenda, a Jewish agenda. Turn saying, well, Jews control Hollywood, referenced, oh, Jews control Hollywood, and they're pushing out their Jew propaganda, and they're trying to influence people's minds. And, okay, I get it, but that was the 1920s. That was the 1930s. That's not the case. 2000 and almost 17 Jews control Hollywood there is no Jew agenda except to say Israel should be respected Israel should be protected And there shouldn't be this, well, you build houses, and in turn, we are going to stab your citizens. We're going to uh, fire rockets at you. We're basically going to kill you. So you build a house, we kill your firstborn child. It's absurd. It's ludicrous. And that should be the only agenda that should be promoted. And it's not a Jew propaganda situation. It's not a 1920s, 1930s Hollywood conspiracy situation. So to watch the Don Lemons and Jim Shahudos and the rest of the media just act as if what Obama did was not a big deal. What the Democrats did was not a big deal. And settlements, houses, land. And stabbing five and six and seven-year-olds is the exact same. And it's absolutely not. Absolutely not. Literally. Literally. It's absurd. It's disgusting. And Hollywood, the media, should be ashamed of themselves. They really should be. It's it's mind boggling. It really is mind boggling. Absolutely mind boggling. And the list goes on. Rather, it's Roger Iger, Michael Linton, Barry Meyer, Leslie Moonfez, 
Harry Sloan, Jeff Zucker, who's over at CNN, the Weinsteins, Brad Gray. All of these names are, are executives. These are the Jews that run Hollywood. They control the media. They are part of an institution demmed Donald Trump and the Republicans at every turn and worked tirelessly to try to get Hillary Clinton elected, to try to keep Democrats in power, whatever that means now. And Obama, Clinton, Democrats, at this period of time, are the most anti-Israel party. Going back 50, 60 years ago. Again, it's just beyond it's just beyond thinking it's it's beyond comprehension it really is hell i remember not too long ago and again it, it mind boggling i remember not too long ago uh, the hollywood elites the movers and shakers, even non-movers and shakers, washed up Hollywood out this full-page ad condemning anybody that would boycott Israel over the settlement situation. Let me get the exact. Hold on. Uh, Hollywood uh, puts in. So I can get the, the exact. Come on, mother effer. In. Uh, I think it was the LA. I think it was the LA Times. I know if I had to research that. Hollywood puts the ad in LA Times. Condemning. Uh, boycott of Israel. I mean, guys, not productive, but, <laughs> you know, they, 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 you know, <laughs> hold on. All right. Uh, ba, 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 hold on. Uh, okay. Start this is back in 08. No, 09. Uh Canadian documentary filmmaker John Grayson pulled his latest movie from this week's Toronto International Film Festival because he said the event sister city relationship with Tel Aviv was an implicit endorsement of the smiling face of Israeli apartheid. Uh, a variety of entertainers, including David Byron, uh, Julie Christie, Ken Loesch, Jane Fonda, Vigo Mortensen, and Wallace Shawn, published a, a letter uh, alleging that Toronto had become an agent of the Israeli propaganda machine. So you remember all this? You guys remember this? So then CAA agent Dan Adler, under the sponsorship of the Los Angeles Jewish Federation, United Jewish Appeal of Toronto, put together a counter ad that denounced the boycott demands in Thursday's trades. Quote, we all spent a lot of time talking about the original protest letter in the sense that it seemed to be going after the wrong target by attacking Israel and its film artists. Uh, The signature... 
The signatories do read like a who's who of Hollywood's elite with a cast that runs from executive suites to the sound stages and cuts across generations. Among those who signed it were Jerry Seinfeld, Seth Rogen, Robert Duvall, Halle Berry, Sasha Baron Cohen, Lisa Kudrow, Lenny Kravitz, Ed Sedwick, Jason Alexander, Chaz Palmieri, uh, David Cronenberg, as well as A-list producers and executives, Ron Meyer, Jeffrey Katzenberg, Sherry Lansing, Neil Mortens, Jonathan Glickman, Nina Jacobson, Darren Starr, Nathan Katzen, and Gail Berman. So this was a big deal back then. And I mean, let's not forget. Mel Gibson. We don't, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't. Let's not forget Mel. Mel was blacklisted because he got drunk. And yelled at a bunch of cops. You guys remember that? You guys remember that? So, where is that voice? And how can you have all of these executives... All of these actors. Being upset about a film festival. And yet. No one has a problem. With what Democrats. Obama. Has been doing to Israeli. Or Israel and the Israelis. For all these years, culminating to what he did, and John Kerry did, with three weeks left in his presidency. I mean, (laughs) (sighs) you know, I don't know, man. It's it's again it's pretty mind blowing, which again makes you go back to questioning: Are you sure Obama does not have some type of heart and soul to the Islamic world? And Muslims in general. Why do you do all this with three weeks left? Why do you do this with three weeks left? It's Rob Zakari. It's Rob Zakari Show. We're going to take a quick break when we come back. Let's talk about. Trump, the Rockettes, and of course, more liberal hypocrisy. We'll be right back. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. 
wanna keep us safe, wanna keep us safe You know they make America a better talk about hypocrisy i know it's it's an ongoing theme uh, as it pertains to the left and i mean you have hypocrisy in politics uh, like uh, you know i mean it's a stripe with hypocrisy but and and i'm talking about the left and the right but the hypocrisy uh, on the left with this election. And different issues. I, I, and, I've, and I've talked about this with uh, my girlfriend and various other people. Democrats, the left, have taken the left. They, 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 they have taken what slang so far to the left that they literally have no wiggle room. They, 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 have, no, they have no way to come back. Now, let me give you a few examples. And I said this as it pertained to sanctuary cities. And the fact that you have Bellasio and Garcetti and Emmanuel saying they are going to defy federal law. If Donald Trump and his attorney general, Jeff Sessions, demand Emmanuel and Garcetti and Blasio to respect federal immigration laws, they are going to defy the federal government. Now, I told you this would open up a Pandora's box like you have never seen before. Because liberals cannot be for, as it pertains to Minimum wage, gay marriage, tranny bathrooms, assisted suicide, and yet be against following immigration 
or abortion as it pertains to states and federal laws. You can't have it both ways. And you can't talk about putting things to a vote and only liking the process if your issue Let's not all forget, California, a few years ago, had a referendum, and that referendum was gay marriage. And it lost. And liberals were beside themselves. So they took that decision to court. So I said, sanctuary cities and this push by the left to go more left would create a Pandora's box. Because don't forget, it was the left, it was this administration that not too long ago ordered a clerk to go to prison, go to jail. Go to jail for not signing a gay marriage certificate. And the liberals were, wow, excited as hell. You put on Rachel Maddow, man, the, 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 the salivation, her mouth was juicy. Well, there's a lot of reasons why her mouth was juicy. But on this particular evening, it was juicy because that woman, what was it, Kim Davis, I think her name was, was being led away in handcuffs because she wouldn't sign a gay marriage certificate. She was defying Federal orders. She was defying the federal government and in turn the Obama administration had her arrested. Now, you could sit here and go through, well, it wasn't really Obama himself, and it wasn't. However you want to dot the I's and cross the T's, liberals said gay marriage is legal. It's protected by the federal government. They've ruled on it by her doing what she did was against. federal law. Now, a mayor, a city clerk, a a city police officer, whoever, a governor, by them Defying federal orders on immigration and saying, and saying, we will defy the federal government. Pandora's box is now open. It's open as far as abortion. It's open as far as gay marriage. It's open as far as anything the liberals wrap themselves around. Legalize marijuana. 
assisted suicide. The list goes on and on and on. The Pandora's box is busted wide open. Because if mayors can say, well, we're going to defy federal law. We're going to defy immigration law. And in some places, like Los Angeles, California, they're putting money together. Our money. People who live in California and pay California taxes, our money. They're using part of our tax dollars to set up a fund. So that if an illegal gets picked up by ICE, there will be a lawyer paid for by me. By whoever's listening to this show in California to keep them from being deported. Now, imagine Georgia, Alabama, Louisiana, Florida. Imagine areas of those states doing this with abortion clinics, gay marriage licenses. What if we now have various states saying, well, if the three biggest cities 